Hello, everyone. Welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I am your host, Rosie Acosta. This is episode 107. Today, we get the honor and privilege of speaking to Elena Brower. Elena is a mama, a teacher, and an author. She has studied yoga, meditation, and healing with master teachers since 1997 and has been teaching since 1999. She is one of the most relevant voices in yoga today that speaks directly to your heart. Her groundbreaking yoga workbook, Art of Attention, has been translated into five languages. She is the founder of Teach Yoga, a virtual home for teachers worldwide to learn to deepen their practice as well as find their voices as teachers. Thanks for joining us today. In my path as a teacher, what I've found is like the the more you you kind of garner a, a little bit of a following or, or more uh, support by your community other teachers might perhaps feel uh, a little overshadowed and then not want to become part of, of the whole as a unit, right? So there's the separation that happens. I'll give you an example. There's a, a teacher friend of mine who has been uh, teaching for the, the same amount of time that I've been teaching for about seven years. And um, she is an amazing teacher. She's a really amazing teacher. And, uh, you know, the, the whole rise or, or the whole career path as, as a yoga teacher has been different for both of us. But uh, what I found is that the moment I started to get more attention on social media or uh, different articles that I would publish, and she also publishes articles, she started to get really sort of like um, turned off by what I was doing. And for some reason, it became really important for me to get her approval, right? And so... Okay. Uh, she started to create this, this sort of like the antithesis of, of what I was doing, like, you know, uh, writing articles in opposition to, to what I was writing, right? Like, oh, well, you know, Rosie's out there talking about these different practices and how it's important to be able to meditate and to be able to, you know, go on the path of self transformation and exploration, but it's all, it's also like, you know, this is something dangerous and, and, you know, as a yoga teacher, I don't know that she's qualified to be able to, you know, talk about meditation and practices to help heal you and, you know, these types of things. Right. So, so it, it kind of created this divide between us and, um, and it's, it's really, go ahead. It sounds it sounds to me like there is um it's not something that I have not experienced in the past but it sounds to me like there is a conversation that needs to be had between the two of you. Mhm. There is insecurity in the space and there's doubt in the space there's fear in the space and I think the one thing that you would be very very um much in your leadership uh shoes to accomplish would be to reach out to her and say, look, I'd love to sit down and take you to lunch or talk to you on the phone or whatever it is that would be um, most readily available to you and talk to you and catch up with you and see what you're passionate about right now. And then when you see her, you would simply say to her, I am very interested in, um, you know, addressing the, the, the seeming divide that I have experienced between us and ensuring you that I am here as a sister on the path. This is not, this is not time for that. There's no time for that. What we're here to do now 
is take care of each other and support each other and make sure that each of us is doing the best work we possibly can, even if it overlaps, especially if it overlaps, which only points to the fact that the work is needed. God bless. So I would get in touch with her as soon as possible. I'm glad to help you craft that conversation. You want to make sure that you have a combination of grace and wisdom. The grace is, what can you thank this woman for? She's taught you a bunch of stuff now as a result of her actions. So let her know what you can thank her for. Then, what needs to be said? I feel really uncomfortable, or I'm really ready to talk to you, or I'd really love to find out what your experience of me has been so I can improve my standing with myself as well as you. These are all meaningful endeavors in our interactions and our relationships, especially with our peers. Very important work. So I say you be the big girl. Put your big girl panties on and reach out. Uh, <laughs> I'll help you. I'll, I'm glad to help you. Okay, I'm I'm going to do that. I mean, it's not any it's not anything I haven't tried before, but I don't know that maybe my approach was not graceful enough or um, supportive. I don't know. You can maybe help me draft something and then we'll we'll get an update on <laughs> on the result of that. Well, you know what it would be? You know what it would be? It's you saying, you know what, for whatever I did to offend you and make you in any way disappointed or or disconcerted with me, I want to say that I'm sorry and take you out for a nice meal. That's it. Okay. It's a few words. And I swear anyone listening to this you know exactly who you have to do this to go and do it go and do it because you'll sleep really well tonight and for many nights hence well to to that point I think that you know what what it created for me and, and maybe you can speak to this it's like there because I want to please everyone and I want everyone to like me of course like I start to feel like I have to cater who I am or, or the things that I'm doing to make sure that everyone's happy. And I know you're never going to make any, anyone happy. Um, but I, I think internally, you know, that, that deep voice that, that resonates is you have to be able to be transparent and be who you are, right? But it's, it becomes difficult when you are trying to get that approval from people, you know, when you're trying to, like, make everyone happy. You know, maybe- well, the issue with trying—the issue with trying to get people's approval—is inherent in the actual issue itself, which is you don't need anyone's approval. You only need your own face in the mirror approving of what you've done, and if you have that, you win. You don't need anyone else's approval. I'm never looking for anyone else's approval. I'm only looking to share what has meaning and depth for me. That's it, and it works. And the minute I stopped trying to get other people's approval and I stopped wanting to make sure that everyone liked me was the minute I was able to end my addiction, was the minute I was able to start actually saving money, was the minute I was able to really have a business that I am proud of that has to do with prosperity and, and, and real earnings. You know, it's, that's everything. Nobody's approval is needed here. Your own is the most important. How did you come? How did you come to that? Because I know that you've been really public about your recovery, 
and, and your, your journey to, to that. So how, how has that been for you in this transition? Um, I just needed time. That was all I needed. I just needed to get a little bit older (laughs) and, you know, I'm 45 now and I needed to, I needed to really understand where I stood with myself. And I think it, I think it really just happened when, um, you know, five years ago, my mom got really, really sick with cancer and she, she actually made it out the other side of that and lived an extra five years. So she died recently, like I said, and, um, it was during that time that I got really clear on who I want to be in the world. And I was really disappointed with my addiction at that time. And that was the beginning of the end of that addiction. And it was the beginning of me knowing that I needed nothing but my own say so my own vision. Um, it was also the beginning of working with my coaches at the Handel group who really showed me that I could design a life that was absolutely dreamy (laughs) and beautiful and, and, realistic um you know it took it took a village wow and i think it behooves you to you know to seek out it behooves all of us to seek out help and to design what it is that you want you know all i wanted was a clear mind and a soft heart and you know widening eyes (laughs) you know Pretty, pretty face, which reflected a a, a real easeful interior. And there were many steps to take. But just this past summer, at the sort of the end of your process with a company like Handel when you're coaching, um, what you do is you write a letter to each parent separately, forgiving, absolving, apologizing, clearing the space. And I did that. And it was magic. Being this leader, I know a lot of people out there, you know, who are listening and even even people that, that I coach, um, you know, they have this sort of, um, they're afraid to ask for help, right? Yeah. So, yeah. and so you, you said it yourself, I mean, it takes a village. And so you, you know that it takes a village and, and you know that you needed to, bring the village together to, to get you through, was this something, did you seek help out or was it just kind of readily available when you were ready for the change? I actually wasn't sure what I was doing. I met with one of the founders of the Handel group five years ago and was like, uh, you know, my friend sent me to you. He said, I should meet you because I'm changing a job or something. And I was letting go of my work with, uh, I was the global yoga ambassador for Adidas time and I wanted to you know stop doing that because it wasn't satisfying me and move on to something else and I asked a dear friend of mine who said oh you should meet this woman this this coach woman so I sat down with her and immediately she pegged me right away that I was a cheater and a liar and uh, you know (laughs) it was unbelievable within 10 minutes based on whatever I said and the movements that I made she had me pegged Uh, within days I was apologizing to my then already ex husband for lying to him. Uh, I was breaking up with the current boyfriend, ending it with this cheating situation affair thing on the, on the boyfriend um, and starting a process of really cleaning up my life. And it was then it took, 
almost three more years to get clean from drugs and all the little insidious addictions that I had. Um, but that was the beginning. And I wasn't actually, I wasn't asking for help at all, but I came <laughs> and I had to really just take it, you know, I had to take it. And then after that, I started to learn the value and the absolute magic of asking for help every time I have asked for help, down to the fact that my, my dear friend Jenny is here, who's, who's helping extract all the poetry from my 20 years of journals right now to do the next book that I'm going to put out. Even asking her for help was a stretch. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't have an assistant. I'm the only one answering my email. I have a gal who helps me with my QuickBooks, you know, for the end of every quarter, but that's it. I'm very, it's very, very challenging for me to ask for help. And when I finally did, it was the most beautiful thing. And the addiction part, you know, that was Gabrielle Bernstein, Tommy Rose, and a few other friends of mine here who were there when I asked the right question at the right time. And they, you know, I got comments up and down about how I really am never going to do big work. I'm never going to make real money as long as I'm married to a, to a substance. What a ridiculous concept. Wow. And that's how it all, that's how it all unfolded. And so this was, was, can we know what the substance was you were addicted to? I know it's been kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. I talk about it all the time. Yeah. It's marijuana. I talk about it all the time. <laughs> no <laughs> secret there. No secret there. And the truth is a lot of people are having a struggle with it and nobody really talks about it because everyone's like, oh, it's just pot. Who cares? You're a little stoned. Whatever. Especially now is, that it's you know, like legal. Whatever. Of course, and now it's legal, except when whatever turns into every morning, and now that I'm sitting here, I'm doing a podcast with you, I've already done a conference call with my doTERRA team, I've already moved mountains, and it's not even 12 noon here, and before, it would have been me getting stoned, then showering, and then maybe like, you know, puttering around my house, (laughs) cleaning one other corner up, then I'd get started at about 12, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I know a lot of people, Elena, that have, and I have my background. I, I grew up with alcoholics and going in and out of AA meetings in Al Anon, like, you know, so sobriety. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, Tommy is a, is a dear friend, you know, uh, of mine as well. I've, I've known Tommy for a really long time. And so it's, it's, yeah, he's, first of all, he's amazing. Yes, he's the best. <laughs> and, you know, so so I have a really strong background in in uh, just sobriety and and knowing what addiction looks like and uh, yeah. just seeing it firsthand. You know, um, and I know a lot of people, close friends of mine, even that they they just they smoke pot all the time, and it's like you know, for for me, I'm. You know what they say, like user friendly. I, I've not smoked pot since I was twenty, so it's been about twelve years for me. So nice, nice. Um, and you know, to some of them, you know, it's like I'm not, I'm n- no judgment, right? Like you want to do what you do, that's great, but it, it does hinder you from doing other things. Like you have to understand that this is something that you're putting into your body, and it's going to affect you one way or another, now or later you know, and, you know, but I think it's a, it's, it's kind of funny how, how some people, you know, actually, uh, Yoga Rupa Rod Stryker talks about this. And I remember I went to this, this talk that he did. Um, and when he talked about this, because it's one of those things, like I, 
you know, I'll, I'll smell it once in a while and it, I'm like, oh, it smells really great. <laughs> I like the smell. Yeah. And yeah. He, he said, he said something, um, about being a teacher and the, the role that you're in or the shoes that you're stepping into as, as a facilitator of space. And he says, mm. you know, if your 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 yoga teacher smokes weed and they're they're trying to teach you something and and they're trying to show you all of these different tools, how well is what they're doing working? If yeah. they're in their addiction, right? If they're and I was <clears throat> that, I mean, it's like light bulb went off, and I was like, wow, he's so right. I mean, I I'm not I'm also not saying like refrain from from you know, like really get into it. And some people do like they're vegan and, and this is their life and they really want to adhere to, uh, you know, the Hatha Yoga Pradipika and like they're, they're really hardcore and that that's awesome, you know? But I think that that mostly resonated for me, this idea of how well is what you're doing working for you? Is that truly your, your highest self? Is that truly your, your highest Right. Right. And, and he, he was actually one of the ones over the course of time since 98, I've been like sort of reaching half an arm to him and he always mm-hmm. is right there. And I was embarrassed to reach out fully to him until I got sober because I knew his, his opinions on it. And I knew opinions. I mean, I knew the fact about it was <laughs> who, who, how dare I teach somebody if I'm, if I'm looking forward to, you know, the hour after I leave that space to turn, altering my reality, altering my, um, my space myself, my, my work isn't working exactly as you said. And so I couldn't, I couldn't actually fully become his, say that I'm his student until I got Mm -hmm. sober. Isn't that funny? Wow. But that was just your own, your own, not allowing yourself to become that, right? It was For sure. Like, no, it's nothing that he said. Yeah. No, no, no. He yeah, was yeah, always yeah. like, please come, please do, please, yes. And every time I would sit in the classes, there was a, you know, some kind of a talk about addiction. You know, nothing, nothing judgmental, really. Just the facts of, you know, it's not right. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> and having to face that. How do you, what do you think that, you know, people listening to this that think that maybe they have a little bit of a problem, but are like, uh, you know, I'm good now. Like when it become when it becomes quote unquote a problem, then I'll deal with it. Did you ever have a time in your, in the midst of your addiction where you, you felt that way? Of course. Oh my God. Of course. All the time. <laughs> I mean, there, there wasn't a time when I didn't feel that way. You know what I mean? It was always like, oh, God, I just, I don't even know. I don't even know when the next possible window for me to stop is going to come. But I know I have to. But then there's this birthday coming up, and I really just want to, <laughs> you know, I just want to be stoned for that. And, you know... I want to be able to go You're to the planning burn. your stoning sessions. Of course. And I want to be able to go to the burn and not have to be sober for that. You know, now I know I can absolutely go to the burn and of course I can be sober. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so, so is that sort of the, the self sort of the 
placating of emotions that would go through when when you would sit and do it. So like the whole time you knew that what you were doing was maybe not the best thing. Of course, every time. What every time. what 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 sort of insider advice would you offer people listening to this that are that are having that same sort of thought? Listen, if you're listening to this and you're having the thought that you are you should not be smoking or drinking or doing whatever it is that you're doing right now, here's my advice. Take a look at your bank account, okay? If you want to see that thing double, triple, quadruple in the next year, immediately put down whatever your habit is, immediately. Walk over to your computer, open it up, delete hundreds of emails that are sitting there, and start your life. I swear it will change immediately. The moment you commit to letting go of the substance, I'm promising you that you have an email inbox full. I'm promising you that you have a whole bunch of stuff you haven't finished. And I'm promising you that the minute you stop with the substance, you will be able to accomplish all of that. And I'm not just saying this is what, you know, like get this done. I'm saying this will be a natural symptom of you letting go of whatever it is that you're addicted to. And you can and you will. And if it, listen, nobody loves addiction as much as I loved mine. I swear that my cigarettes in the morning and my morning was like my favorite self-sabotage, self-thing sabotage around. It was the best thing ever. But every day I would sit there and I would think, I deserve this. And then I would think, oh, my God, what am I doing? But I deserve this. Oh, my God, what am I doing? But I deserve this. And we go back and forth like this. And it, I could see where it was going. I could also see, you know, where there are people around me who are really struggling with these two sides of themselves. And I could feel the pain of that. I'm done with it. I'm done. I don't, that is not my life. And it's not your life either. If you're listening to this and you're wondering, hmm, can I do this? Hmm. Can I go to that next birthday party and not be stoned when all the rest of my friends are stoned? Yes. You are going to find that not only will you get your email inbox done and you will get your work done and you will actually be making and saving money, you will also be organizing, reorganizing the, the people surrounding you so that the people surrounding you are suddenly light. They're not going to be the people who are like, yeah, come party with me. They're going to be the people who are like, yes, I might party. I might not. They're going to be the people who say, if you want to come, you totally can, but you don't have to. They're going to be people who say, you know what? I'm so proud of you. I'm not going to party tonight. I'm going to stick with you. Let's go to the movies. Let's go sit and have a beautiful meal. Let's spend our hundred dollars that we were going to spend on a bag of weed or whatever it is that we're going to do on a really fancy, gorgeous, gourmet meal. Let's yeah. change, let's change the world around a little bit. That's what, that's the promise of, of recovery for me. And I've had nothing but a really beautiful time of it. And there were maybe 30 days at the beginning, the very beginning where I, I never was in peril of, 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 of going backwards, but it was definitely, you know, when I would come up uh, across the friends who, with whom I hung out who were, you know, always getting stoned and that was the thing that we did together. That was difficult. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. That was really difficult. Mm -hmm. But once we got past that period of time and they knew where I stood, many of them actually stopped. 
several of them have stopped entirely. And many of them know that if I'm coming around, I'm not going to be smoking. Now they're like a little bit embarrassed that that's still in their space or they're definitely not going to do it while I'm around because they want to just enjoy the space clear because that's what I'm doing and they can see how it looks on me and how it feels in me and they want a piece of that. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not proselytizing. I'm not preaching in any way. All I'm doing is saying what my experience has been, which has been nothing but a total success story with regards to recovery. I'm so grateful for my sobriety. And I'm so grateful. I was just saying this to a friend of mine. Um, I'm so grateful that I was sober when my mom passed. You know, can you imagine if I was still getting stoned? My poor, I have a relative of mine who's very close to me who said the night that she died or the night after she died, maybe it was the night of her funeral, was like, oh, my God, I can't wait to get stoned. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry for you. These 14 days are when the spirit is the closest. I'm literally hearing her everywhere. I'm feeling her in my skin. I'm feeling her in my feet and my hands. Are you crazy? Are you crazy to give that up? To give that connection up? Are you crazy? You're putting a veil up between you and, and, and God? What a fool. You know, I don't, I'm, I don't mean to sound judgmental, but I am judging. <laughs> it's foolish. <laughs> it's foolish. It's simply foolish. You know, and Yogi Bhajan, I talked about this in my interview with um, the girls from Home Podcast and Hip Sobriety, Holly and Laura, and I, I, I said there were many, many passages in, in the teacher training manual that Yogi Bhajan put out about pot and how it dehydrates us, desiccates your skull, your brain. It steals your, your cerebrospinal fluid. And the only case in which he says pot is sanctioned is when people are in a great deal of pain and they're suffering from things like cancer and chemotherapy or nausea. And it really does make a huge difference for those humans, especially um, in those cases. Other than that, he says that there's no place for it. And there's certainly no place for it when you're teaching people how to connect to spirit. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. That's, and it's true. And, and to your point, I think it's one of those things that, you know, people can kind of like shrug off or be like, oh, well, you know, it's not that big of a deal or, well, I'm not addicted because I only do it every other day or I only do it when I want to go have fun, which I never understood really. But I guess it's like the, the social, um, going out to, to, to drink as well. Maybe it's kind of set in, in that same sort of vein of, of, uh, enjoyable substances where you can just kind of pick them up and then just put them away. But to me, I'm, I've always been like, I want to be present. You know, I, I want to be, I want to be able to experience my life to the fullest. Like I want to feel joy and, and I want to be able to feel sadness when I'm sad. I want to be able to feel, you know, the, the stress when I'm stressed, I, I want to be able to just, you know, continue to understand why emotions are happening and to be able to connect with, with practices. And, and it's the same thing with, with meditation. You know, I feel like substances like that are a way for you to take you away from, from your inner your inside, your, your inner voice, your, your intuition, spirit, mm, mm. your higher power, you know? And so when you're saying what you were saying earlier about going out to social situations and, and then being like, Oh, but I want to be stoned for this. Or, you know, yeah. I know people that I know people that 
cannot be in social situations unless they're stoned because they just can't deal with the the social anxiety and and I'm like well what I want to know what that is is that just your anxiety of just connecting with who you are or connecting with other people is there that fear of connection like where is that coming from where you just want to be so out of your body right you want to be just so disconnected to connect totally. like I just totally. you know I I just I I don't know I don't I, I get it. I'm not saying I don't understand it. I totally understand because it is a lot harder to be with yourself. It is harder to be with your own stuff. Um, but still, it's like for me, I'm I'm so curious about stuff, you know, like I'm, I want to know why. Why am I feeling like this? Like what is my need for approval, right? Like yeah. with that situation I told you about, like <clears throat> wh- where is that coming from where I'm just – so I'm letting this person really affect me and, and sort of direct my energy in, into certain things where where ha- it, it be another situation, I wouldn't even care. <laughs> you know, yes. it's like, where is that coming from? You know, well, and so I need the to other, be able... The other ahead. thing is, I hate to cut you off, but the other thing is the anxiety is being caused by the fact that you've been getting stoned for so long. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you just cut that out, take a, take a week off and go somewhere. Take a week off and just stay home and just watch a bunch of movies or just, like, chill out without the weed. You're going to find that you're a totally different person. You don't even know who you are. And you're beautiful. And you're totally ready for all of it. You know? I just very passionate about this now because I really want all of us to get free. I th- yes, it. I think that that's what it is. It's to be able to to get free, to to be free, to free ourselves from all of those. And that that goes in with food addictions too. Yes, Elena. everything, it's, all of it. Yeah, I think it's the same the same thing. It's like when we eat, when we emotional eat, or when we use food as an addiction. Uh, I had this. So last year, I did this. Um, this fun uh, little challenge with with my friend uh, Morgan De Cecil. She created this this little movement called "Just Be Here with Me," and so the whole movement was about us uh, turning off social media. And I just I've talked about this like three different podcasts, so the listeners are probably like, "Okay, she's going to talk about it again," but it's true. Like so so it was us disconnecting from the technology for a set amount of time. Some people did it for a day, some people did it for a week, other people did it for a month. And so we mm-hmm. committed to a time where, you know, we can commit. And I, I believe I committed to two weeks. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Wow. I didn't realize how addicted I was to to picking up my phone and checking and checking and checking and clicking and checking email and like reaching for my phone like so constantly. I mean, it took about three days for me to be like, Wow, I had a I had a withdrawal from technology because I was like I just kept, you know, I realized how much more time I had, I, how much longer I wanted to practice and sit. I'm like, well, I'm not going to check any emails or anything, so I'm just going to sit here for longer or I'm going to go take the pups on a walk or I'm going to just re- finish reading this book, you know. Um it was one of those things like I didn't realize how how much energy it was taking how much prana it was depleting, right? To be able to like just check and and give my energy out to that. But going back to to what I was saying about food, you know, so I, I do health coaching and so I work with people that have 
food addictions or over or have uh, eating disorders. And so this is this is one of those other things that I think, and I'm always like, you have to read Recovery 2.0 by Tommy Rosen because it really, I mean, not only is it just provide this this beautiful collection of insight and wisdom and tools, but you know, it, it, it applies just because it's not a drug and you feel like, well, I'm not a drug addict. At least I'm not out there like drinking every day. And it's like, yeah, but it's still something that you're using to, to take you out of feeling embodied or being present or just being with, with yourself. There's, you know, it's any addiction at all. You're always going to come up against the same wall. You can do it for so long, it gives you a feeling of height, it gives you a feeling of freedom, and then it doesn't last. Hmm. Then you sit down to do it again, or you commit to stopping, and then you fall backwards, and you realize, this is not doing what I need it to be doing. only thing that does what we need it to be doing is sitting and meditating, practicing yoga, and taking care of our bodies, getting treatments, getting hands on us. That's the only thing that works. Mm. And that's the good news. Because that's all easy yeah. to accomplish and organize. <laughs> so I'm just going to close with just a couple of questions for you. Please. What inspires you? That has so changed over the past nine days. Um, with the passing of my mom. Now what inspires me is I want to I help. I mean, I don't know that it has changed so much, but I want to help all the people around me, particularly the, the folks in the healing world, um, to have comfortable lives. So many of them are struggling. I really want to help them get comfortable. That means comfortable emotionally, comfortable financially, comfortable spiritually, comfortable psychologically. Because... They were born to lead. They were born to teach. They were born to be masters. And they're all, not all, there are many of them are suffering greatly in, in one or many of these areas. Um, I want to help, help that. And I know that I can do that. Um, I want to be um, really conscious for my kid. He's now nine, nine and a half. And I want to be, what inspires me is to cook for him and myself to take care of my man, to take care of my home and to be home more of the time so that I can, um, you know, feel like I'm grounded and have a place and, and be a functional family. Um, and I want to honor my mother's memory now by creating opportunities for other people to really thrive and I think the recovery bit is all about that. I think that that would be a wonderful thing for her to, that is a wonderful thing for her to be witnessing from wherever she is, that I'm going to help a lot of people, thousands, if not millions of people get sober and find their way into a life that's free from the slavery of addiction. What do you radically love? My baby. <laughs> He's nine and a half, but I radically love him, and he's still my baby. That's, I radically love him. That's the that's my first and only answer. I mean, I radically love a lot of other things, but that's my first answer. My baby, and I radically love music. Those two things. Give us your top five favorite 
bands or songs? Oh, wow. I, can't, I have to tell you that the, in the recent months, all I've been listening to is Kundalini Mantras. <laughs> <laughs> My man walks I, around. Why am I not surprised? I'm like, I'm not surprised. surprised. It's a little surprising. <laughs> My man walks around singing all the morning sadhana mantras. I can't even imagine. <laughs> this, morning, it, this morning, he was walking around, Sat, Siri, Siri, Akal. And I'm like, this is my life. This is the best life I could have ever possibly dreamed up. My man is chanting. It's the morning time. And he's cooking me breakfast and chanting. Like, this is good. This is working. Um, let's see. I'm, I'm going to literally just go into my Spotify and tell you exactly who my favorites are. But I would okay, recommend if you really want to, if you want to check out what I'm listening to all the time, you just go to my Spotify. There's two Spotify's for me. There's one as an artist and one as my personal profile. You go to my personal profile. Um, I've got all the morning mantras first, which I listen to every day at least a couple of times. But one of my favorite songs is Rake Rakanahar by Niranjan Kaur. So many people have made it, but the way she does it is so magnificent. Um, I have a playlist called Quiet Practice that I love and listen to a lot when I'm um, practicing, I have a playlist called Amplitude Tree of Life that takes you through a really nice arc of a practice, a long, long practice. Um, I have, I love Deva Premal. I can't get away from her. And um, oh, yeah. I love listening to all of her real, um, all the things that have been translated. Like, so she'll go to Spain or she'll go to Germany and then she'll be giving her lecture before she starts to sing and they'll be translating into, into that language I have a lot of those on my Deva Plus list on my Spotify that I, I love and listen to a lot, too. Um, but, yeah, and then, you know, my one of my favorite things is listening to my kid play the piano. He's a bit of a virtuoso, so he's working on uh, a few different pieces right now. And Mozart and, and working on Chopin next. And I just, the, I bought him a piano this year to um, to work, you know, to really play and um, he's having the most fun with it, you know, beautiful upright piano. I just treated him to it and it was the best investment I've ever made. <laughs> wow. Really? Oh, that's so great. Yeah. So I'm surrounded by it. music. That's yeah. so, that's so great. I, I'm so, 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 so happy that I got to talk to you and I'm so happy that you're doing so well. And again, I'm really sorry for your loss. Thank and you. I, I am just so continue to be so inspired by you and all the work that you're doing in the world. And I know that now this is your goal is to help people in recovery and to help people get sober. And I wish you the best. And Thank I, you. I want to be involved in that any way that I can, any way that I can help. And I think it's just, it's a great, great sort of uh, energy to put out into the world. And I know that you will continue to just shine your light and help people all over. And I thank you on behalf of every single person that you touch because you are incredible. And I think you're great. And oh, I love Rosie. you. I'm like, oh my I God, I you. love you too. <laughs> I love you too. You know what I just thought of while you were talking to, there's one other thing that I think there are two things that I thought of. One is what do you radically love? And I want to add that I radically love my man because this man, his name is James and he came into my life at a very particular moment. We met on the street in New York City. We've been together two years, and we we were together from the minute we met. 
And um, he, his light and grace has shown me a side of myself that I never knew possible. And it dovetails into this, the last question that you asked me, which is, or the second to last, which is one of the other things I'm really passionate about is making sure that all women know that they um, are in charge of the vibration in their homes and that it's our job, our duty, and our, most importantly, our privilege to create in the house uh, an environment of love and of total wisdom and total beauty, I said beauty already, total wisdom and total um, cherishing. And that's something that I work on every single day. And in saying out loud that he was singing and cooking for me this morning, I feel like, you know what? I think I'm on my way to really making that true for myself. And I want that to be true for everyone because it's such a pleasant day, a pleasant way to start a day to, to wake up to that. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Radically Loved Radio. For more information, you can go to radicallyloved.com. You can follow me on all the social media outlets, Instagram at Rosie Acosta, Twitter at Rosie Acosta, Love Radically on Facebook, and I'm sure there's a bunch of other things that I'm not mentioning, but I'm sure you will find them if you're looking for them. Thanks for listening.